If you guys have a Bible today, we are going to move right along. We're going to move at breakneck speed. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So we did three weeks on three verses. Might as well do one week on one verse. But let me begin with a prayer. Jesus, we come before you. We're going to be talking about whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, Lord, for this is the law and the prophets. And you also show us uh, later on in Matthew that it says, uh, love the Lord your God. This is the greatest commandment, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, Lord, I pray that we may do what your word says. I pray that we may believe properly, but also live properly. So, Lord, please instruct us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you guys do have a Bible, it is Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and it says, So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. As parents, we say this verse all the time, right? So, for this is the law and the prophets. Okay, how many of you guys, we're going to take a little bit of a survey. How many of you guys think the Bible says so much? Right? So, it says a lot. It's like, how many, how many pages? This one's 1,300 pages, right? So, it says a lot. It instructs us on how to live, right? It instructs us on how to view the world. It instructs us on how to think, right, as well. So, it shows us all the things that we get to meditate on. And there's a lot to live by. How many of us uh, feel this way, that sometimes the Bible's a lot? Yeah? I, I, I know Josiah does because he says, Dad, the Bible says this, and I'm trying to live this, but I can't live this and that. It's sometimes, so how many of us feel like at times living according to the Bible and what Jesus would have us feels like a bit much? Mm-hmm. I do. Like, I do for sure, right? Sometimes it's like we cannot keep it all on our heads and in our hearts. At the same time, we are limited in what we know, but we're also limited in what we remember at times, right? And then, and sometimes we don't always know what Bible principle plays out in this situation or with this person or how does, how do we apply it given a given situation, right? Well, I love that Jesus does this and we're kind of in luck as, as followers of Jesus because a couple times in scriptures, Jesus boils it down in the most basic of terms. And this is one of those times. He boils down all the law, which is, Matt, which is the Old Testament, right? The first five books of the Bible and the prophets, which is the rest of it and the history books and all that. He boils all the, the law and the prophets down to two things says this whatever you wish that others would do to you do also for them this is the whole of the law and the prophets the whole of scripture is speaking about this but then he does go on in matthew 22 somebody asks him what's the most important thing jesus and it's he's saying very similar thing here and he said to you you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So here we go, right? Boiled down, super simple terms that Jesus gives us in order to keep the whole of law that God has for us. We are to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Which means we treat them, loving them means we treat them as we want to be treated. Amen? Like that's how it works. So when Jesus tells us 
this, and when he gets to this in, in the Sermon on the Mount in verse 12, and he says, so, whatever you do, okay, so what fits into whatever. In other translations, it says this, in everything that you do. Everything that you do. And if we back up in the Sermon on the Mount, it's not only talking about your actions, it's talking about the way you think about it, the way that you act about it, the way that what's going on inside your heart about it as well. So whatever you do, in everything that you think, in every inner every single interaction that you have with every single person, to their face, behind their back, and we already know that. You can be kind to somebody's face, right? You can be, hey, I love you. And then you can talk trash about them behind their backs. But we have this way that is not only in our mind, in our mouth, but in our hearts as well that Jesus is trying to show us. So I I love, uh, I've actually been thinking a lot about politics this week as we get ramped up in political season. And it makes me so grateful that I'm not on social media anymore because I don't get to see very much of the things But this also pertains to how we do politics, right? So how we talk about a certain candidate, whether we like them or not, or agree with their policies or not. But this, uh, this pertains to them as well. This pertains to others who believe like us and others who don't believe like us. This pertains to how we ought to treat our employees if we are bosses or how we're to treat our bosses if we are employees, or how we ought to treat our, our family members as well as our friends. And even, uh, this is, I'll, I'll say it very specifically for those. So for parents, for those of us who are parents, this applies to how we treat our children. Treat them as you want to be treated. And for children, treat parents the way that you want to be treated. It works for all of us in every interaction that we come upon. We get to treat others how we want to be treated. So if we actually did, did this and everybody else did this, wouldn't this world be a lot easier to get along in? Mm-hmm. Like if we, but not only that, for us personally, it would help us live a balanced life. It would help us be more considerate. If we, if we, uh, so for me, I can speak for myself. I really want the grace of Jesus. I really, really want it. I really need it. I see a lot of my flaws. And if I see the grace that Jesus gives me, you know what that helps me do? Helps me live a gracious life towards others, right? To live this out helps us live or to live out what Jesus is saying helps us live in humility. In treating others, we can just say, okay, how would I want to be treated in this situation? How would I want to be treated in this situation? And at least I get to put the the person that I'm considering on the same level as myself and my own wants and needs. And it doesn't matter whomever God puts in front of us, we treat them like this every time. We can give them dignity and respect that we desire. We can, we uh, really, that God God actually gives these things as a gift that we get to believe and trust. And then as we take these on as a gift, then we'll be full of God's words over us. And then we'll be able to extend this to others more beneficially. So the grace we extend to others, it will never run out. We get to do this for others because whatever we wish to be done. And so we get to do unto others. So here again, Jesus is not simply concerned with how we think about this. He's not, he isn't worried about having 
proper theology on people and on their sin and on their actions. He's not worried about it. He's not, he's, uh, or, or like the situational treatment of people. Jesus is kind of worried maybe a little bit about all that, but he's saying this is how it plays out. This is how it's lived out. Do for them what you would want done to you. Jesus is talking about how we live. Not just how we think, but how we live. Jesus is concerned with this over and over and again, how we actually walk this out in life. If we want others to be kind to us, what do we do? We strive to be kind towards them. If we want justice in this world, what do we do? We act justly and give justice where we can see it to others. If words of affirmation mean something to you, if thank yous mean something to you, then you know what you do? You give them away freely to those around you. And, it, and the truth is, right, that if you need peace and quiet, that's okay too. We see Jesus do that. But you know what Jesus does when he needs peace and quiet? He doesn't have peace and quiet around people. He withdraws from them so that he's not rude, seen as rude in his interactions, right? So treating others how we want to be treated is simply uh, is a simple saying, and yet, right? We uh, especially uh, if we have brothers or sisters, sometimes, right? It is hard to live out, right? This is not always easy to live out. We don't always know if we're honest. We don't always know how we want to be treated when we experience something. Well, it is often hard to know the kind and loving way then to treat others. There are some situations and some people that are a struggle for us to be around. And yet at the same time, this is when we get to listen to God. If I was in their shoes, how would I like to be treated? We're considering others. We're getting out of our own skin, out of our own mind, out of our head. Because God's asked us to consider how we can treat this person. And yet even when we get out of our mind and out of our head, we're kind of going back and going, okay, how would I do this? It's very it's very. Uh, humble thing to do. So um, how many of us uh, think that sometimes it's hard to treat others well, right? I'll say this, it's hard to treat others well if you don't know what it is like to be treated well. If you've never been treated well, this is honestly one of the biggest places where we need Jesus. We need Jesus to show us how he wants to treat us the gifts that he gives us. It's difficult to see how God would act in any given situation as we follow him and how God feels about us or what God would say over us and remember this at all times. But the best picture we have of this in this life is the world of Jesus and the words of Jesus that he lived and recorded for us here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus loves the world. Jesus, if you take the whole of scripture, Jesus loves it enough to come into this world, and not only to come into this world, but to save it. And in saving it, what does he do? He does so much. He gives us a new way of seeing not only the world, not only our worldview, but he gives us a new way of seeing ourselves. And God wants us to see God differently so that we can love him above all other things, know that he is the pearl of great price, and that it is worth it to give up everything and follow him. But he also wants us to see ourselves then in the light of his glory and grace, not in a selfish way, but in what he says about us and what he wants to give to us. And if he gives us his grace 
in his glory and his grace, we can't help but live humbly before him. Jesus wants us to live in what he says about us. He wants us to live out of the love that he wants to bestow on us. Jesus, uh, Jesus calls us beloved, and for us to call ourselves anything different is, a, is calling Jesus a liar. And we don't want to do that. Jesus knows that kindness leads to repentance. You know why? And, and you know why we can see this? Because he's so kind to us. Look at the way that he treated all those that were in the world that he, he did. And he can show us the joy of following him in good times and in bad times. And if we strive to follow Jesus with every step, even the steps we take with our views of our world and of ourselves, this will be helpful. The problem is this. The problem is this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? We can say amen to that. I know Christians who believe that we should only ever look at our sin. That's what we should do. That'll keep us humble. And believe, uh, I know Christians that are motivated by, well, you know, hell's hot and forever, and so I don't ever want to go there, so I better just morally do the best that I can. And that believe that um, I am just simply a lowly sinner, not even worthy of God's grace. Well, I'll, I'll say this. While there may be some truth in the fact that we are sinners, there is some truth that we are broken, that we haven't done everything right, that we haven't, we haven't treated others as we want to be treated, and we haven't treated others the way that Jesus treats us, to be honest. We haven't extended the grace. We've hoarded up the grace. Um, the truth is, though, that even though we're broken, and we can see the brokenness if we're honest, Jesus sees us in the light of his wholeness that he gives to us. This is a beautiful gift. Jesus sees us as beautiful and loved. When Jesus tells us to treat others as we want to be treated, Jesus wants us to act like we believe the good things that he has spoken over us and in all the ways that he has lived for us. So this week I was reading a story about a woman who had a lot of trauma in her life. She didn't feel worthy of love. She was treated poorly at every turn. In her life, she only ever received harsh treatment and usury. And so she acted with harsh treatment towards others. She couldn't help it. That's all she ever knew. Many, uh, not many, but everyone in her life took their frustrations and their disappointments out on her. And so you know what she did? She lived a vengeful life. She was not kind, but she had never been shown kindness, even to the extent that she was sold into slavery by her parents. This is the way that her life was. So in this story, Jesus was speaking to her these kind words over her. Kindness that she never knew. It was kind of like in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, when Jesus had known her whole life story. Jesus saw the flaws. He saw the flaws, and even though she hadn't told him them all, she know, and yet she, Jesus also knew that this woman didn't feel worthy of love. And Jesus, who wants to be loved, he wants to be loved. Jesus asks us to love them. What did he do? He treated this woman as he would want to be treated. So he loved on this woman. He showed her that the love that he had, that it, it took time to break through some errant thoughts that she had and the beliefs, but Jesus was persistent in his love. And so he just kept on loving her. In the end, it was a long story, but in the end, this woman accepted the love of Jesus. 
Uh, the story ended with on a high note, as all, well, not all, but lots of good stories do. It ended on a high note. But I wonder how the love of Jesus would change this woman over life. If she actually lived in the love of Jesus, would it change her interactions with others? Because she was very, she was very um, disdainful towards other people's. Did this woman go and sin no more in her maltreatment of others uh, because she was loved by Jesus? I'm sure it was a process, and I've met people like this, and I'm and they do change a little bit, but sometimes it takes a lifetime of change so that we understand what God is speaking to us so that we can live it out towards others. And in some degrees, we are all like this woman. We are all on the path to believe in the greater gifts that Jesus has given us with his grace and his love. It is a process of learning how we are treated by him, and in this process, we are changed, or at least we're supposed to be. That's what Jesus wants for us. And this is what Jesus is trying to show us. He's trying to change us and lead us. All the law and the prophets are, are in this little saying. So whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. And as we look at this, we also get to be attentive to ourselves. Again, not in a selfish way, not in a self-serving way, not in a self-satisfying way, but to the way that God is leading us. What is he trying to speak over us? As we meditate on God's ways, we want to be treated with kindness because God is kind to us. We want to be treated with justice, if we're honest, because God is just. And we want to be treated with respect and with love because God is respectful towards us and God is loving towards us. We don't want to be cheated, amen? I haven't met anybody that wants to be cheated. I've met people who think they deserve to be cheated, but I haven't met anybody who wants to be cheated. I, don't, I haven't yet to meet anybody who really wants to be talked down to over and over again, right? We don't want to be ignored when we have something to say or contribute. The more we understand all that Jesus did for us, the more we will understand how to treat others. Now, if we live this out, it doesn't mean that others will treat you the same way. The truth is, not everyone, maybe not uh, very many people at all do this well. Some people have very low views of themselves. They, don't, they haven't been filled up with the love of God, and so you know what happens? They have low views of others. They're treating people like they feel like they deserve to be treated. Some of us have such a high view of ourselves that we believe everyone is below us. And we cannot be expected then to treat others the same way because we're better than they are. We deserve the things that we've, given, we've been given. And Jesus instructs us differently here. Jesus already in the Sermon Mount lets us know, he already let us know a couple times that what? We'll be reviled if we follow him. That we'll be ill-treated if we just follow him. The truth is that if we treat others with the grace and mercy that God gives us, they might not like it. They might not like it, and there might be retaliation. We can come to expect this, but that doesn't change how we treat them. That doesn't change how we, are interact, how we should interact with them or the frequency of how we interact with them. Or it does change sometimes the frequency. Because if, if we are honest, 
right? If there's somebody we don't like, do we want to be around them all the time? No. So if someone doesn't like you, do you want to be around them all the time? No. So sometimes there is a good way to treat others as you would want them to be treated, to give some time and give some space. Because sometimes we, we want to be treated that way. And Jesus knows this. He knows this, and he treated others with dignity and respect that he desired not only for himself, but for us as well. And what happened when Jesus did this? They were sneaky. They were sneaky. They came to Jesus in the night. They had him arrested, although he did nothing wrong. They put Jesus through mock trials. And Jesus had never treated any of them this way. Even if he said, oh, you brood of vipers. Even though Jesus did correct many of these that came and arrested him, he did it in the open, not hidden away. He did it not with lies and falsehoods, but with truth in, uh, in asking them to repent. Jesus wanted re, uh, justice for himself, but he also wanted that for those whom he was correcting. So Jesus raised people from the dead. He didn't put them to death. Why? Because Jesus wants life for them. Just because he, And he wants life for himself. And yet, others treated Jesus poorly over and over and over again, and we are not above our master. Amen? We're not above Jesus. He was beaten and put to death on a Roman cross. He was betrayed by his own people. Even one of his inner circles betrayed him. He did none of this to them. He did none of this to them. And yet, he had to suffer this for us and for them. I love that even on the cross, what did Jesus say to his accusers? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus wanted justice and grace. He wanted them to trust God as he was doing. Jesus treated those in his midst very well and not all of them treated him the same. This doesn't change. It never changed how Jesus treated them. And we need to remember this. It is even reported that later on, some of the leaders and rulers who put Jesus to death converted and came to be numbered of those who were among the way, just as Jesus is laying out. And I hope that this is true. Jesus was not only teaching, but he was showing us a new and better life. The treatment uh, to treat others as you want to be treated. Jesus, fortunately for us, and this is such a good thing, he didn't stay dead. He rose again. He defeated death because that is what he wants for us as well. He shows us the full extent that we can, uh, that the love of God will go for us. So we can love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, with our whole life, just as Jesus does. Jesus wants us to know that nothing can separate us from the love that he's given us, right? Romans 8, 37 and 39 says this, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's Jesus. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I pray this. It's a simple prayer for these simple verses. I pray that we may treat people better because of the way that Jesus treats us. I pray that we may have the eyes to see ourselves as Jesus sees us and let that change who we are. I pray that we might live more fully into what Jesus would have for us in this. 
And I would encourage us all this week to consider how we treat others. Look at our interactions. Think about them a little bit. What does that say about how you view the love of God that he's given you through Jesus Christ? And then, as we think about that, let that love that God wants to minister to us change us. And may it change us in a powerful way so that we can live out the law and the prophets more simply and with, uh, with greater efficiency in our love. So let us uh, live this in a powerful way. Jesus, I come before you and I just simply ask that you will change us. Let us live in the love that you have for us. Let it be a strong and powerful reminder of how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen.